Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, you guys, we got to tell you about Brez Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. I like the iCast Fireball mixed flavor, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like dark roast like I do, then try the Critical Dark or the Coup Slayer Mocha Roast. Can't decide what you need for those all-night gaming sessions? Why don't you try one of their specialty sample packs? All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to BrezCoffeeCo.com. That's B-R-E-Z-C-O-F-F-E-E-C-O.com and enter the code NCR at checkout for 10% off your order. Amazing! Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. programs and we are here for another volume of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and my name is Derek diamond it is officially this is the halloween episode it's officially halloween it's halloween week yes we were just talking about how fast this year has gone it's absolutely insane it seems like (laughs) yesterday we were in the middle of summer i know god this whole year just flew by man like this is the fastest year of my life i think i think so too you know it's a lot's been happening which i i feel like we as a society the fact that we're now designed you know everything's got to be instantaneous we got to get everything now i think that is a catalyst for things seeming like they're going by so quickly i know and the older you get the faster it goes Yep, I remember the first time I really noticed time moving quicker is when I was a senior in high school. Because my last year of high school went by like that, and it's gone by quicker ever since. (laughs) Wait till you're almost 45, and you're like, damn it, I just turned 40. (laughs) And now I'm I'm almost a 50. Well, I won't have too much longer to wait. (laughs) 
you're staring down the big four zero. As it yes, is. I am. I'm <laughs> five years away. It's gonna come fast. Watch oh, out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what you been doing this week? I know uh, you were going to reveal this week what, yep, what so the big I, news was. I can. So um, as of last Thursday, I have a new job. Um, I got a job as a, a video editor for a company called Novalex, uh, and they what they do is they manufacture a lot of packaging, whether it's paper or plastic that's used in food, retail, industrial, you know, companies, industries, whatever you want to call it. Uh, their main headquarters is based out of, out of South Carolina, but they they have locations all over the world, and they have over ten thousand employees. So the way everything kind of happened was last Monday, they reached out to me asking if I wanted to do an interview. Then the next day I did an interview at like nine o'clock in the morning, went through it. And then a couple of hours later, they emailed me back saying that they wanted to hire me. That's awesome. So they, they sent uh, an offer letter on Thursday and I signed it. So um, my, my last day with the blue Wahoos is, uh, next Friday, November 5th. So awesome. it's, um, I'll say this, like, it, it, I know as much as I've voiced my frustrations about my schedule and, you know, the fact that I can't really do the show that much during the summer mm -hmm. because of it, I, I have learned a lot. And I think what I learned during my time there is one of the reasons why I got the job that I currently have. Yeah. So I, I'm leaving on good terms, which is a good thing. You know, I don't think you ever really want to leave anything. You know, you don't want to pour as much gas on the bridge yeah. <laughs> and, and burn it. So I'm leaving on good terms. But um, yeah, doing uh, doing a pretty big change Um starting i'm probably going to actually end up starting next week because i found out that i'm getting my equipment to set up my home office tomorrow oh, and cool. then i'm doing training on friday so they're they're not they're not messing around because it was like all the stuff was ordered today and they're like yeah it'll be at your house tomorrow by 4 30 <laughs> wow that's so cool. it's 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 been it's been a crazy week and a half but I, I'm really excited for it. I get to work from home. Uh, my schedule will be fairly flexible, so I'll get to dedicate more time to, you know, doing more with the podcast. Um, finally, get to make another movie because uh, with the Blue Wahoos and this year especially, it you know it really showed that in order to do a lot that I want to do, you know, I I had to leave. Yeah. I had to get out because it, it gets busier every year. And I could especially tell this year that it's like, if I want to do anything really that I want to do, I, I'm going to have to make a change. Yeah. Well, you know what that means for the show? Like you said, uh, during the summers, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to take summers off from nerd cave retro. So no more looking yeah. for <laughs> replacement co-hosts all summer yeah. long, which I'm sure everybody enjoys that, but you know, we like to keep it consistent around here. Yeah, and I and you know everybody who filled in, I thought did a fantastic job because I, I still listen to the shows even though I couldn't be on them. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it should be it should be exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. It's gonna be 
very different for sure, but I think different in a good way. Uh, Rampage asked in the chat room, Rampage! Uh, Rampage! Derek, any plans to stream again at some point? Uh, yes. Um, it probably won't be for a bit because I'm um, the... I guess I can reveal the other announcement because I um, I actually revealed it on my live show that I did on Monday, and you've known about this for for a bit. Um, I'm going to be ending the Derek Diamond experience in a few weeks. Um, it's actually going to I'm going to do a live finale the week of Thanksgiving, but I'm going to be doing a new show that's going to be launched in January called Feature Presentation. The concept will be fairly similar i'm still going to do interviews with filmmakers and those who work in the industry but i'm going to do more audience interactive content like the top fives you know i do those once a month and people love them but i i want to do some other activities so i'll still do a monthly top five but each week we'll have a different audience interactive segment and more consistent you know news and reviews type stuff and I, i think just with, with rebranding, I think it, it can have a wider appeal. Yeah. So well, when you see something like, especially with that new uh, cover art that you have for it, you see that you instantly know like, okay, I know what this podcast is going to be roughly about. Like, and not to take anything away from the Derek Diamond experience, but it's sort of, uh, you look at that and you're not really sure what the show is about until you listen to it. Mm-hmm. So branding is everything, people. It's everything. I've got some fun stuff in the works that if, if I'll say this, if what I plan to do is pulled off, the first few shows are going to surprise a lot of people. At least I hope so anyway. So um, if you want to, if you want to follow, I've got all the social channels active. Uh, It's at feature prez pod P R E S P O D on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Awesome. But I've I've talked enough. Jason, how has your week been? <laughs> it's been good just watching horror movies and uh, been really busy lately. Uh, last night we did uh, the Patreon special for the Derek Diamond Experience where me, you, and Wally did uh, a, a commentary track for Ghostbusters. And that was one of the most fun commentary tracks I think we've ever done. It's tough to say what the number one is, but... I think the Ghostbusters chat's definitely in the top three. For me, it it was probably my favorite one we've ever done. Well, if you go back and listen to it, and you made the comment too after we stopped recording, there was really no dead air at all. Like there might have been maybe five to ten seconds, but it was just, you know, us just talking about, and it was all relevant conversation too. Yeah, I can't wait to go back and listen to it because – we just had a lot of good banter during that show. Like Ghostbusters is one of my favorite things on the planet. Like I have a full Ghostbusters outfit that I've pieced together over the last few years that I've worn like the last three Halloweens. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, next week I, I think I'm going to continue since Ghostbusters Afterlife is coming out. I think I might, I'm even going to try to stream this weekend. I want to review Ghostbusters um, one and two <clears throat> for the NES. I already know the first one's pretty bad, so I don't have to put a whole lot of time into that one. But I've never played Part 2, so I'm going to stream that a little bit this weekend. And my review for next week is going to be Ghostbusters 1 and 2 for the NES. Because I just I want to keep Ghostbusters 
alive over the next month until that movie comes out. Because, oh my God, dude, I'm so excited for that movie. Well, we've been waiting so long for it. You know, it was supposed to come out last year it yeah. didn't due to COVID, and then it got pushed back again. So it's it's time. It's yeah. time. And and plus, the conversation is going to keep going because I know we're planning on doing a Ghostbusters roundtable, which in a way is going to be the last big episode of the Derek Diamond experience. Because yeah. I plan on releasing it the week of Afterlife. And that's going to so, be fun. Yeah, I think it'll be me, you, Wally, and uh, Mike Eveland over at B-Res Coffee oh, reached awesome. out to me, and and he he said he'd love to be on. So <clears throat> and I told actually, him, "Well, big shout out to Mike Eveland. He's our newest Patreon contributor here at the Nerd yes. Cave Retro Show. So go get you some coffee. Mike Evelyn is uh, owns B-Res Coffee, who is a has been a longtime sponsor on the show here. Go over to brezcoffeeco.com. Use our code NCR at checkout to get 10% off any coffee you want. Oh my God, their coffee's so good. If you haven't tried it, at least, at least get yourself a sample pack to try some stuff out. So I've had two different kinds of coffee from them. And one is the the Necromedium and the other is, is a, a dark roast. Both are very good. They're both very smooth, which is what I look for in coffee. And I, I'm more of a fan of darker roast but both are great. You yeah. know, you can't really go wrong. I, I need to actually order more. It's been a while since the, uh, since I've got some. So you can follow them at Brez Coffee on uh, on Twitter, and they just uh, teased out today that they're going to have some uh, holiday flavors coming out soon. So yep. I can't wait to see what that's going to be. Same. I'm calling it right but, now. There's going to be a peppermint flavor. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, but Rampage, to answer your question, yes, I do plan to stream um, at some point. I don't know when yet, but that is something that I want to add back into my rotation now that I'll have more time. Yeah, that'd be. I, I can't wait to see you stream some more. I miss you. Uh, I miss you streaming. I like watching your streams. Have to. Uh, well, so the last one I did was Link to the Past, so. I don't know. I'll, I definitely want to do some type of a Super Nintendo game. Maybe like a like a Super Mario World might be a good one. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. But I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> Rampage, get out of here with that Folgers flavor crystal. <laughs> <laughs> You're banned. I'm, I'm putting you on a 10-minute ban from the chat room. <laughs> so it's not the best part of waking uh, up? No, it's not. Folgers is awful. <laughs> but uh, we got a lot of news to get to tonight. Would you ready to jump in there? Yes. As usual, all of today's stories were submitted to us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. These come from Armez Jackson and I am the Rampage. So if you have a story you'd like us to cover, that's where you need to send it. Nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. First up, we have... Uh, from, of course, our, our favorite site on the planet, NintendoLife.com. The GBA's unreleased Dune game is being revived, minus the IP rights. I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, if you happen to have Nintendo's retro handhelds in your collection, there are still multiple interesting releases and projects emerging. The latest to pop up is Ellen the Crystal Wars for Game Boy Advance, a game that publisher... The Retro Room Games is reviving minus a famous IP. 
Originally, in 2002, it was a Game Boy Advance game that pretty much finished but got canceled due to the financial issues of its publisher, Cryo Interactive. I remember them, but I don't remember what else they made. Um, at that point, it was called Frank Herbert's Dune Ornithopter Assault, licensed to use characters and settings from the iconic novel. Um, let's see, it was Flying Shooter with over 20 stages and even had some multiplayer modes for use with the portables Link Cable. <clears throat> now, after around 20 years, the Retro Room Games has acquired rights to the title, uh, but couldn't renew or acquire the Dune IP. So the game is being retooled with some visual and script tweaks to remove specific Dune references, hence the new name. Um, either way, you can pick, um, go to their Kickstarter page, which uh, there's a link here in the article. Um, look up um, Elland, E-L-L-A-N-D, The Crystal Wars on, um, on Kickstarter, and that will take you to their Kickstarter page. But this looks really cool. And if you're a Dune fan, this is something that definitely should be on your uh, Christmas list. Now, with it originally coming back out in 2002, it would have modeled itself after the original Dune, so it wouldn't have included a cameo from Kyle MacLachlan. Mm, well, actually, I think this might have been around the time that the, the uh, Sci-Fi Channel <clears throat> Dune TV oh, show I was forgot around. about that. Yeah, most people have. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> probably right. But no, th this looks really cool, and... Yeah, I mean, Dune is all the rage right now with the new movie coming out. So a story ab about Dune when it comes to video games is not surprising yeah. whatsoever. I, I haven't watched the new one yet. I've heard mostly good things about it. I but really I just like it, it. But here's the thing. <clears throat> it's very slow, but it's world buildy. So there's a lot to look at and a lot to kind of take in. So... Go into it and know it. Like, have you seen Blade Runner 2049? No. No. Okay. Well, I was going to say, it's it's. if you like Blade Runner 2049, then you're definitely going to like Dune because it's definitely that very slow burn kind of storytelling. But it's... Uh, I love Dune. I love the original movie. Um, I read the book once when I was in high school don't remember much from it because it's kind of like reading the Bible. It's just way too much, you know, too many houses to keep up with and all that stuff. But I like Dune as a, an IP. I really like the new movie, and I'm glad they're going to do a part two. But they should have known that that movie was going to do good because waiting until now to greenlight a sequel is probably the dumbest thing WB has ever done. And that's saying a lot. Yeah, because because they've done they've done some questionable things in the past, but yeah. But uh, our next story comes to us from Gizmodo.com. This incredibly rare console from the 1980s is like the Switch's great 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 grandparent. Without the internet instantly dispersing images to millions of people, it was probably a lot easier to keep video game prototypes under wraps in the 80s. Just a handful of photos backed up rumors about the possible existence of a miniature version of the ill-fated uh, Vectrex console, but it's a rumor no more now that the National Video Game Museum in Frisco, Texas, has managed to get its hands on that mythical prototype for its collection. Uh, the Vectrex was part of the post-Atari video game boom that had almost every toy maker trying to get a console on the market, including Milton Bradley, which I did not know that, 
Uh, the Vectrex could render vector graphics on its own portrait-oriented screen, which used the same technology as uh, oscilloscopes. Am I saying that right? Uh, oscilloscopes. Oscilloscopes. Uh, to bring arcade-quality gaming into the home, but it came with a steep price tag close to $500 Ooh. in today's funds. <laughs> so it, it's interesting to see, and there's a, a link to the... Um, to a picture of the Vectrex. Uh, it goes to the National Video Game Museum Twitter page. Uh, it's got a pretty good photo on it. It it definitely has the look of a console from that era. Yeah. So what what do you think? I think it would have been cool if this thing would have came out. Because the Vectrex was actually a really cool little console because, you know, with those kind of um, vector graphics that it could do, if they could have made you know a miniature version that you that was portable that you could play those type of games like the original you know star wars the arcade game things of that nature um uh what are some uh, tempest games like that be able to play those type of games on a mini vectrex on the go like this thing would have done gangbusters back then no i i think so too and it's it's interesting to see you know, kind of where other consoles pattern their behavior. And I'm not saying that the switch was modeled after this, but yeah. it's crazy to think like that technology could have been a thing back in the eighties. Yeah. It kind of makes you think if this thing would have come out, what it would have influenced afterwards. Oh, I think it definitely would have. I, I, I think we would have the, the switch type of console definitely would have been, more prevalent, I think, before the Switch came out yeah. in 2017. It's really cool, though. I like the way it looks. I mean, it, it's it's not... It doesn't look like something that was made in the 80s. I mean, it looks like some kind of weird medical device or something. No, it really does. It It almost reminds me of like a, like a portable TV. Yeah. In a yeah. way. Yeah, like... A, like you know, the, like a, like you said, a portable, like those hurricane TVs, almost like yeah, that or kind of so, thing. Or a TV that you would have taken on a camping trip. Yeah. With like, and, and the little controller is almost just like a, uh, you know, like a little, little TV controller hooked up to it. Yeah. And I like it though. That's, I, I would actually like to have a Vectrex, but uh, they're a little pricey these days. Yeah. Uh, next, this is from <clears throat> comicbook.com. Sonic Mania 2 is said to have been scrapped internally at Sega. Sonic Mania originally launched back in 2017 and was a massive success for Sega and the larger Sonic franchise. Um, <clears throat> brought back the classic 2D style of play that the original Sonic the Hedgehog games first established back in the 90s. But Sonic Mania on its own stood as one of the most re well-received Sonic titles ever made. In a recent blog by a video game industry insider that goes by the name Zippo, it was said that Sega had scrapped plans for Sonic Mania sequel internally in the years since the first game's, first game's release. Zippo explained that the reason for this seems to have been due to a clash of some sort between Sega and Evening Star Studios. The blog in question didn't get into too many specifics uh, about what happened here, but it did state that Sega of America was the division of Sega that proved to be the problem. 
Uh, Zippo claimed that the Sega of America management was extremely unreasonable, leading to a breakup between the publisher and Evening Star. What do you think about that? So when I read this story initially, you know, I wasn't thrilled with it because I, I did really like Sonic Mania. It, it was it was a little gimmicky, mm-hmm. but I, I loved going back to that classic style that made Sonic what it is today, like going back to its roots of the 2D gameplay and being able to transition between, you know, Tails, Knuckles and other characters. I was, you know, hoping for a sequel, but the more I think about it, I'd kind of want them to do something different. Like, yeah, it would be fun, but I think it would just be more of the same. Yeah. You know, they, they'd throw in maybe a couple more characters, but I wouldn't see it really being all that different. Like, I would rather them make a new Sonic game with something different that we maybe haven't seen before. What I wish that Sega would have done, and they should have done this for the 30th anniversary, was make a sequel to Sonic Generations, which came out 10 years ago on uh, Xbox 360, the PS, I believe the PS3. Mm-hmm. Like I love that game. It was a nice hybrid of the classic Sonic gameplay and the modern one that we've been introduced to, you know, over the last several years. But you go through various levels throughout like the the stages of Sonic's life. Like you go through the Green Hill Zone from Sonic One, the Chemical Plant Zone from Sonic Two, and then you yeah. go through the Dreamcast era and the more modern era. I would have loved if they had done a sequel of that over Sonic Mania personally. So it, it, it's unfortunate, but I, I'd rather see them do something different with Sonic. Yeah, I'd like to see them try to bring Sonic back to a 3D world if there's a, a way to do that and not make it stupid like the previous attempts had been. The previous attempts, they have good qualities, but especially those early games, I don't know what it was, but they could never get the camera movement quite right. They need to let some of Nintendo's developers get their hands on it, (laughs) maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious. I know there's going to be a new Sonic game that comes out uh, in 2022. I'm curious to see what that's like. It's just crazy in the sense that, you know, last year we got the Sonic movie. Mm Mm-hmm when that should have came out this year for the 30th anniversary. And they're like, but oh, then we we're got getting... all this Sonic news coming out in 2020. And we've and seen nothing. nothing. <laughs> Not a thing. And then, of course, Sonic the Movie 2 is coming out in 2022. Yeah. So tell me how that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. I, Sega just needs to get... Uh, it seems like Sega just kind of lost all momentum as soon as... Uh, maybe they just didn't know that Sonic the movie was going to hit as hard as it did and they were just completely unprepared and they're like, oh, we got a bunch of Sonic stuff coming out and then had nothing. I don't know. It it doesn't make any sense to me. But I, I, won't, I won't get into all the yeah. Sonic stuff because there'll be plenty of time to talk about that. When the movie they should have out. capitalized on that, man. They just but missed you- such an opportunity. But you look, they have Nintendo hasn't really done anything with Zelda. True. And it's the 35th anniversary. I mean, we got Metroid Dread for the 35th anniversary, but. Yeah. 
But I, even though as good as as much as I like Metroid Dread, I still feel like it's a uh, sort of a it's not a full like Metroid experience that we were expecting. It's sort of like a here, take this while we go work on the thing you were really wanting. You know, it's an appetizer. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the it's the cheese sticks before you get you know the full on uh, pepperoni pizza. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that, that's a that's a good analogy. For the next story, this is from NintendoEnthusiast.com. <clears throat> Grand Theft Auto Trilogy. Sorry, <clears throat> I don't know why my throat. <sighs> Sorry. Oh, <clears throat> no worries. That's been me for the last week and a half. I'm freaking, still recovering from a sinus infection. It's the freaking weather, man. It doesn't know yep. what he wants to do. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Trilogy on Switch apparently requires digital download. Even if you buy a boxed physical copy of GTA Trilogy on Nintendo Switch, you have a digital download in your future. Listings for physical copies of GTA the Trilogy Definitive Edition on Nintendo Switch are starting to receive box art, and it reveals that a digital download is apparently still required to access the full GTA experience. It is not yet clear how much of the game requires a download. It could be uh, the case that one title, like Grand Theft Auto 3, is included on a cart, while the other two titles must be downloaded. At the least, this doesn't seem to be a Wolfenstein Youngblood situation where there's no game card included at all. I didn't know that at all. I didn't either. Wolfenstein thing. Uh, according to the Nintendo Switch eShop listing, the Trilogy Definitive Edition is a hefty digital download at 25.4 gigabytes. So several people were already planning to buy a physical copy just to avoid that. Now, some degree of digital download is apparently mandatory. That sucks. <laughs> what are you that's, doing, Rockstar? That's just, that's just stupid. I mean, 25 gigs? That's a lot to, for, for, to be on the Switch. Like, that, that takes get up that most it's, of your memory card. I get that it's three games but like you said if you have a 32 gig card that's practically your whole card because it doesn't have exactly 32 gigs it's more like 29 you know and those it's the whole card like a game cartridges we the technology you can put tens of dozens of gigs on uh, of a game on those little cartridges why would you make people have to download 25 gigs of this onto their Switch? That's that's mind-bending. And I was looking forward to playing some Vice City. Yeah. I just don't know what what Rockstar is thinking at this point. Like what are you doing? Yeah, it that, that just doesn't make any sense to me cuz it's like uh, I don't know. It, it almost makes buying a physical copy pointless yeah. if you have to do a download to play it. That's why I buy physical copies of the bigger games that I play, so I don't have to save those big-ass games on my Switch. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I eventually I will still get it because I do really want to play through Vice City, but it's one that like I'll I'll probably wait until I'm not playing anything else, and then I'll be like, okay, well now I'll finally get. Well, if they were to do it where you could download them separately, uh, instead yep. of just doing one big 25 gigabyte, like play the first one, Grand Theft Auto Three, and then move on to you know Vice City, 
maybe it's what 12 12 gigabytes i'm okay with that but i don't want to download the whole 25 at once <sighs> people like options yeah rampage said in the chat room that's why he bought a 128 gigabyte card which yes i wish i would have but i only got i think a 64 gig card uh i don't know i think that's what mine is too and uh it 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 fills up fast i mean yeah those i got a lot of indie games on my switch and you know that one or two gigs uh, uh per game i mean that starts to add up pretty quick plus all your game saves all that kind of stuff and then the stupid thing i do do you find yourself accidentally taking screenshots all the time when you're playing your switch that's been happening to me lately and also my my Joy-Con is drifting like an MFR. <laughs> so I'm going to have to bite the bullet and get a new one. Especially when I'm playing something that uh requires the D-pad, I hit that button to take screenshots at <laughs> least yeah. 10 times an hour. I have so many screenshots that I have to go back and delete off my Switch at least once a week. I have to delete dozens of screenshots off of it. I don't get where the, the placement of that button comes from. <laughs> it's so dumb. I mean, it's right there. It's right there where, where the bend of your knuckle is, so you're constantly hitting it. Uh, just another thing that Nintendo does that just makes you scratch your head. <laughs> Damn you, Nintendo! <laughs> uh, for our last story, this comes to us once again from NintendoLife.com. Mobile smash hit Retro Bowl will bring American football to the Switch, inspired by Tecmo Bowl. And all I'm doing is looking at the, the screen cap of the YouTube video, <laughs> and I want to play it because Tecmo Bowl is so much fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Switch eShop has a decent range of sports games, including varied options for NFL slash American football enthusiasts. Another that is targeting a release in quarter one of 2022 is Retro Bowl from New Star Games which will be looking to continue the outstanding momentum it's achieved on mobile for both iOS and Android platforms. At the time of writing, it's the number one free-to-play game on iOS in the U.S., uh, achieving viral success with young players and on TikTok in particular. It takes inspiration from Mobile and mixes in a surprising amount of management depth alongside matches. You try to build up your franchise as a GM slash coach and play the games, which I remember there was a, a head coach game where you actually made more of like the like the sideline and like the behind the scenes decisions and not like actually playing as the players. Yeah. Which was an interesting concept, but like th this looks really cool. Like if you're a fan of Tech Mobile and those old school style of football games, it looks like it's worth checking out. I definitely want to check it out. All you have to say is Tech Mobile and I'm in. Yeah. I love Tech Mobile so so much when I was a kid. That was probably the number one multiplayer game I played as a kid. I loved when I forgot what uh, car dealership it was, but they brought back Bo Jackson and they <laughs> recreated the commercial yeah. in the style of Tech Mobile. And then, like, he ran out of the arena and he was like <laughs> a live action Bo Jackson. And then he hopped in the car, drove back in the arena, and then it turned back to the Tech Mobile sound. Uh, Tecmo Bowl look, yeah. and you see the car just... <laughs> it was really cool. It was so ridiculous in that game. Uh, if you got Bo Jackson, there was nothing any anybody could do to stop you. 
no, all you need is just a little bit of open space and it's just nothing but, but the end zone. What's up, Fantasy Geek 42? Welcome to the chat room. Yeah, welcome. And uh, we're just talking about Tech Mobile. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I have, have so many good memories. Have we reviewed Tech Mobile? No, we haven't. We need to actually, we um, if we can get together over the holidays, we should play some Tech Mobile, sitting side by side, couch co-op, play some Tech Mobile, and review it. I'm down for that. I'm, oh, I'm so down for that. That would be great, actually. We have to get some Doritos and some Mountain Dew. And uh, what else will we have as snacks back then? Um, I don't, did you ever have bugles? Oh, yeah. We had to have some bugles. Then you got to put yep. one in any of your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think our maturity level will be in question. Not that it, I'm saying it's not already. If we can but, find a uh, way to uh, to stream it, too, we should do that. <clears throat> oh, I can make that happen. Let's I'll do bring, that. I'll, I'll I'll bring some I'll bring some of my gear over. That'll right. be easy. We'll do that. That sounds like a, a holiday thing we should do. Oh, uh, that's fantastic. But uh, that brings us to the end of the news segment. Uh, we don't have any uh, video game history tonight. We'll start that back over in uh, November. And yep. uh, but before we go into the review for tonight, Derek has some shout outs. Yes, as always, we'd like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Axblade07, Daniel Salmon, Armez Jackson, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Brandon Rutledge, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, Ron Johnson, the returning Mixmaster, and as we mentioned earlier, Mr. Mike Eveland. Thank you guys so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on here at the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, you get cool exclusive shows like the commentary tracks that we've done that include Super Mario Brothers, Clue, other great movies that we've done. Uh, also, you know, the Halloween Kills Roundtable that we did, that was for you, the Patreon subscribers. So if you want to vote on reviews that we do throughout the year, if you want to vote on the commentary tracks, you get to do that too. Just head on over to patreon.com slash retro. And tonight, Derek is talking about... I feel like I'm in church. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to attempt to do uh, a pastor impression. Yeah. <laughs> my, my throat couldn't take it. As I said, I'm still recovering from a sinus infection. So, so my review for this week is Castlevania Circle of the Moon, which is a platform video game created by Konami for the Game Boy Advance and was actually a launch title for the GBA back in 2001. So this game recently celebrated its 20 year anniversary. Uh, I thought the Game Boy Advance came out a little bit later than that personally, but I know <clears throat> I always thought it was like an O2 or an O3 console release, but that means this, it came out around the same time as the GameCube. Yep, it came out. Uh, so the GameCube came out in the U.S. in November of 2001. So like we're about to 
be at the 20 year anniversary of the GameCube being launched in the U.S. Don't say that. <laughs> and, and of course, you know the the Xbox, the original Xbox. Mm. So, so I needed to do something to wash the bad taste of the Castlevania, the the Game Boy game, out of my mouth. Because mm. I mentioned last week I was going to review that, but after a few minutes, I was just like, I I can't. I really can't like those are hard to play. I don't even know, even if you have nostalgia for those games, I don't think you could sit and enjoy playing those original Game Boy Castlevania games. No, no. So I, I knew that I wanted to review something obviously Halloween related because it's Halloween week. Mm -hmm. And then I remembered the Castlevania advanced collection was on the switch. So downloaded that and started with the the first game in that series circle of the moon and i found myself very quickly enjoying this game because it it plays very much like a traditional castlevania game but the controls completely unlike the game boy version the controls are so smooth it's unreal it's one of the smoothest hmm. 2d games that i've played in quite some time so i was drawn in immediately because that that's obviously what i was looking for in the beginning was something way different than what i had been playing before but the other thing and have you played any of the game boy advance castlevania games never and we were talking about that before before the show i'm going to pick up this collection uh, as soon as I'm done with Metroid Dread, I'm getting this collection because I really, really want to play these. You know how, you know my love for Castlevania. I have to play these. And it, the I don't know if it's on sale, but the collection is twenty bucks. And that's but not it comes, bad. That's that's what it I comes paid with for three the, games. Yeah, that's what I paid for the original uh, Konami Castlevania collection. Right. Now, story wise. This game is a little different in the in the sense that you're not playing as a member of the Belmont family. So the the story takes place in 1830. Dracula has been defeated, but Camilla, one of his minions, revives him, only to be interrupted by the characters of Morris, Nathan, and Hugh. Now Nathan Graves is the person you play as throughout the game now what happens is dracula is revived and morris helped in in exiling dracula so he's taken captive and then hugh who is morris's son and nathan uh, fall through a hole in the castle and they you know land in the basement hugh he and nathan do not get along so hugh goes off on his own to try and find his father and you play as Nathan to go through the castle and eventually find your way to to fight Dracula. So you almost instantly have that Castlevania feel, even though you're not playing as a member of the Belmont family, which I thought was would have been a little more jarring than it was, because when you think of Castlevania, you think of the Belmonts. Yeah. But funny enough, I didn't have a problem with it. Because, and I know that it's debatable of whether or not this game is canon or not. I've read some articles that say it's not. I've read some that say that it is. 
but the important thing to me, because I wasn't, I didn't grow up as a diehard Castlevania fan that didn't bother me. What I wanted was just a, a fun game playing experience. And this, this brought it what you play Castlevania for that, that experience that, uh, you know, the mood, the, the gameplay and it, it like if it if it it's not a Belmont like it really shouldn't matter all that much. What matters is, you know, whoever it is taking down Dracula or you know like that's that's the whole point of the game is to take down Dracula and the yeah, adventure exactly. to get there. Yeah, and this game does a, a great job of that. And Circle of the Moon does incorporate other elements. Like you, you can level up your character. Um, you you have the whip, you know, which is pretty iconic when it comes to the Castlevania universe. Um, you get other weapons as well. Um, you get um, like an axe, you get holy water, a dagger. Um, you can only carry one additional weapon at a time, which is a little unfortunate, but there's still some some variety there. But the, yeah, that's that's the, pretty much Castlevania in a nutshell. You only get one sub weapon, you know, yeah. at a time. Yeah, but the the attack mode, you know, it it plays really well through the game. Like it's not too slow, it's not too fast. Everything just flows extremely well. Yeah. So I I like I said, I was drawn into this game pretty quickly and i've been it's been tough for me to put it down ever since i started playing it a few days ago because i haven't been playing it all that long i only started it you know over the weekend because i just kept going back and forth on what am i going to review what am i not going to review the cool thing that's unique to this game specifically is the dual setup system also known as uh, dds which is based on magic cards that you find through the game. And there were a couple of other Game Boy Advance games that had this type of um, addition. The, one of the Kingdom Hearts games for the Game Boy Advance had uh, this type as well. So basically what you do is you get two different types of cards. You get an action and an attribute. And you use them together to either upgrade your weapon or do some type of a magic spell. Oh, I love so, that. So, so say, for example, one of the cards you get is the Mercury card, mm -hmm. which is an action card. Um, you combine it with the Salamander card, which is an attribute card with the power of fire. You combine those two together and your whip has a type of like fire element to it. I love that. That's so uh, it, cool. It's, it, it's I was a little confused by it at first because I picked up this random card and I'm like, oh, what does this do? But it, it explains what you're supposed to do with the card. So it, it really helps out a lot. And it, it, to me, I, I love games that add little nuances like that to not totally take away from what makes you know, that franchise great, but makes it a little bit better and makes it unique. And I, I was really impressed with the DDS system. Yeah. I like that. That I've never experienced that in a Castlevania game before. That sounds fun. Yeah, it, it's it, it makes it a little more. I won't say enjoyable, but it, it 
provides you to do some cool things. Yeah, it's, it's, that, it's those little touches, like those kind of RPG elements where you can combine things and make a new weapon, new, new, give a new, your weapon a new power. Like, that just sounds fun to me. Right. There are some alternate game modes also whenever you complete the game the first time where you can play through it with a different experience. So there's four different modes. There's magician mode, which you'll get a code after the credits play. And the code is fireball, where you start the game in magician mode, where your magic is pretty much maxed out because you get to level up your health and your magic throughout the game. You start with high magic and you get all 20 of the DSS cards. Oh, nice. Now, the drawback to that is your uh, health and defense are all reduced. But if you like magic, then knock yourself out. There's also fighter mode, which um, it's more of um, like um, you use more physical attacks than using magic. Uh, There's shooter mode and there's also thief mode. So... It also provides you a different experience once you go back and play it again after beating it the first time. But really, I think all you have to do is you know put in the code, yeah. and you're and you're set. But that's cool. I, yeah. Now I've I've really liked playing this game, and I'm not going to say that I had low expectations, but I didn't really have any expectations. Yeah. But all in all, like I'd actually say and. I'm no Castlevania expert by any stretch, but it's one of the better Castlevania games that I've played. And it it has the look of a Super Nintendo quality type game, which a lot of the Game Boy Advance games did. So it, it looks great. You know, I mean, we've both talked about how much we love that 8, 16-bit era of look because it's timeless. Yeah. You know, it, it, it looks like a, an indie game that you would play on the Switch. I'm looking at the screenshots of it, and this game just looks beautiful. Oh, absolutely. The colors look great. It's it's just vibrant enough. Like it, it, it can't be too bright because of the universe it takes place in. Yeah, but I mean it looks like a Super Nintendo game. Absolutely. I I really think that if you get this collection, you'll like this game a lot. Well, you've sold me on it. I'm definitely this is my first purchase after I finish Metroid Dread. And once I play through this, and it's funny because it's almost like we're going to do a swap. Like, I'm getting Metroid <laughs> Dread this weekend because I want to start playing it, too. But and if you're a Castlevania fan, you got to get this collection. Yeah, It says here that, you know, you, you said earlier that it, it, they, there's been debate on whether or not this is canon. It says, uh, taking place in 1830, Circle of the Moon is set in one of the fictional universes of the Castlevania series. There so we I go. guess this may not be actual canon, but it is sort of like a, uh, if you were in DC terms, this would be like an Elseworlds type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but still makes it, it still doesn't take away from the experience though. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's a Castlevania experience. That's what you, that's what you go for. Exactly. Uh, but as far as the reception of this game goes, it, it was pretty highly reviewed by everyone uh, electronic gaming monthly gave it a nine and a half out of 10 GameSpot gave it a 9.6 ign gave it a nine nintendo power gave it five stars 
and uh, RP Gamer gave it a seven out of ten. I have not completed the game, so it, it's tough for me to give it an extremely high grade. But from what I have played of it, I would give it a solid eight and a half. Like That's it's not bad. it's. It's absolutely worth it. I think once you play it, you will probably give it a higher score than I have. But as I mentioned before, if you're a Castlevania fan, or heck, even if you're a fan of a good, solid side-scroller, Super Nintendo-type game, fork over 20 bucks and get yourself the Castlevania Advanced Collection and start with this one. You know me. That's right up my alley. Yep. So I I really, really enjoy Circle of the Moon. I'm definitely picking up. You sold me on it. I'm getting this collection uh, probably by Thanksgiving. I should have this collection. And uh, this is definitely going to be a holiday play for me. And it also, the um, the collection also comes with Castlevania Aria of Sorrow, um, Castlevania Dracula X, and Harmony of Dissonance. So it actually comes with four games. Yeah, the Aria of Sorrow, isn't that the one that uh is very controversial i believe so Aria of... oh this is the one that's set in the future yeah it's set in 2035 okay yeah she is a descendant of the belmonts uh... and dracula x is basically rondo of blood with yeah. a different name I remember somebody was talking about this on a podcast not too long ago about the Castlevania series. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think this is the one they were talking about. This is a very, uh, as far as the Castlevania lore, this is a very controversial game in that series. This makes me curious to play it. Yeah. But yeah, that's my thoughts on uh, Castlevania Circle of the Moon. Awesome. Awesome. Like I said, next week um, it's gonna we're going back to the eight bit era, everybody. So be prepared if you want to p- go play some Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two. I don't know what Ghostbusters Two is like yet. I haven't played it yet, but I have um, played the original Ghostbusters for the NES, and I can already say that my review is not going to be kind to to that game. But I'm excited to play Part Two, so. We'll see. We'll see how that that turns out next week. And if I are can, you projecting it? If I can, I'm going to stream it this weekend. Are you projecting a Fester's Quest level of? Yeah. Ooh, it's bad. Have you ever played the original Ghostbusters game for the NES? I have not, dude. It's a hot pile of garbage. <laughs> it's so bad. I might try to play a little bit of it on stream, but it's. It's just bad. Like there's, there's not much redeemable about that game. I can't wait to hear you talk so, about it, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'll save <laughs> my my diatribe for next week. But I'm hoping part two is at, at Ghostbusters two is at least at least playable. That's what I'm hoping. Hopefully, it'll help wash the taste of the first one out of your mouth. Yeah, and uh, one of our uh, long time. Uh, cohorts, uh, Nate, uh, um, retro retro gaming dev Nate, uh, put up a picture on Twitter uh, Twitter a little while ago, and it was all of his photography that he does for his uh, his games, and um, it was just kind of cycling through all the pictures he's taken, and he's like said something like, "Do you see any gems in here you'd like to play or whatever?" 
and I just wrote, you can take that Fester's Quest and burn it. Because <laughs> like, that game is not good at all. It is a, that game is a, for Fester's Quest, it is a festering pile of crap. It did. It was the catalyst for one of our best episodes of the show, though. Yeah, yeah. People still <laughs> tell me that was a really fun episode. It was an early episode for the show. But just remember, if you're new to the show and you're going back and listening to the archives, Fester's Quest was... I was coming down with the flu when we recorded that episode, and we literally recorded about an hour before my temperature shot up to about 104. <laughs> so I was quite salty when I was uh, reviewing that game. Because I remember not too long after we finished recording, like you said, about an hour, you texted me and you're like, I have a temperature of 104. I'm yeah. just like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, I'm dying. I may not be, I may not be on the show next week because I'm <clears throat> dead. <laughs> oh man. But that was fun. Go back and listen to that. I don't remember which episode that was. That was very early on. Yeah, it it had to have been in like the 20s or 30s, I think. Probably is somewhere. Maybe even in the teens. Could be. It was definitely within the first few months of us doing this show. Yeah. I might have to go back and listen to that because it's been a while since I've heard that episode. Uh, that was one that I just <laughs> I sat back and just listened. That was a rant for the ages. Yes, it was. But uh, before we leave tonight, is there anything you want to tell the people about to look forward to this week? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I mentioned earlier the Derek Diamond experience. I did a, a live show this past week. So you'll hear the the archive version of that. Uh, that'll be out tomorrow. Um, I talk about the all the cool trailers that came from DC Fandom also list top five horror movie villains. And I also made the announcement, as I mentioned at the top of the show, that I guess that kind of kicks off the Derek Diamond Experience farewell tour. Mm -hmm. So I do have a few fun shows planned uh, over the next few weeks, and then we'll, uh, we'll say goodbye to that show week of Thanksgiving and then launch the new show in January. So if you want to follow the Derek Diamond Experience, uh, it's at Diamond podcast on all forms of social media and if you want to follow my new podcast feature presentation it's at feature pres pod on facebook twitter and instagram and uh earlier tonight uh we did this week's episode of open micers we were supposed to talk to comedian sam talent but and we were communicating with him but i guess wires got crossed somewhere about the time so he never showed so we went forward with an impromptu halloween episode of the Open Micers podcast and uh, talked about some of the what were some of the best kills in 80s horror movies. <laughs> so we got to talk a lot about 80s horror movies and basically horror movies in general. So if you want to go check out that conversation, it'll be out this Friday or at Open Micers on Twitter. I like it. But uh, that's going to do it for this week. Let me go ahead and play our music, and we will walk out the door. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. And, of course, we're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic and at Dirk. At Dirk. At Dirk. Dirk Derman. A Dirk. <laughs> at, at Derek underscore diamond. We're 
Also, got some new merch in the store at ncrmerch.com. Got some new t-shirt designs up there to go check out. It doesn't have to be t-shirts. You can get buttons and stickers and all kind of cool stuff over there. ncrmerch.com. And, of course, our Patreon. Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro, where you can be like all those other cool people that get cool stuff. Extra episodes every month at Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. And leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So, Derek, please tell them what it's all about. Up yours with a twirling lawnmower. Oh, yeah. Oh, a fellow checker, eh? Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.